Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Podcast. Hope you're well out there and I uh, hope you're looking forward to another hour and hour and a half-ish uh, chats about games, probably about some other stuff, uh, and probably just worth mentioning uh, Matt's cap that he appears to think is acceptable to wear indoors. Um, what does it say on the side? It actually says DJ Hero on it. It's a free cap. It's a free cap that he's wearing. It's um, it's a free cap. I've I, never... I mean, I have a beanie that I wear... Um, Usually in the winter that I I love, but I don't know. I, I thought I'd try and pull off a hat. You like yeah. Sarah Connor? Does it suit me? Well, when no. you say you, I, I thought I'd try and pull off a hat. I mean, f- fair enough. You know, you tried to pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it there, Matt. Let's just say that it, it looks. A li- I, I'd say it looks a little bit feminine. Would you, Mike? It looks a little. Bit a, I said like, he looks like Sarah Connor. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah When yeah. you know when she's got the when yeah, she's trying to kill Dyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way I see it, Hat Boy is a step up from Rat Boy. I suppose it is. So anything yeah. I can do to uh, improve my uh, my standing, I'll go with that. So uh, I'm here with Mike, obviously, and Matt, and uh, and we're going to chat. Uh, Mike's just fresh, fresh off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> just come back from Gamescom. Yeah, fresh is not the right word. Though. I'm, I feel wrong. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the new issue as well a bit later. And we also got some some questions from you guys. So. Really, there's only only one place to start this week, and that's Gamescom, which uh, Mike had a, <clears throat> a, a great time on the game side of things, but perhaps not such a great time oh, on mate. the... All I did was just... Okay, so actually, I went uh, went kind of off my own back, so I didn't actually stay in the hotel with the rest of the Future guys, mm. which was good. Immediately better than everyone else from Future. The hotel I was in was lovely. It's very what nice. What was the Future hotel like? Um, it, I think it was kind of like... Psycho. A bit Chernobyl, you know. Right. Okay. A little bit, uh, a little bit post-apocalyptic, a little bit Mad Max. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. A little bit guys in gimp masks running through the halls in, yeah. at night. Sounds of screams. Next yeah. year, when the plane lands and everyone steps off into Germany, ready for Cologne, they'll, they'll all be asking the bosses, the publishers, like, "Where are we staying?" And they just hand out like a broken bottle. Say, "Use this to fend off <laughs> yeah. any muggers. Don't yeah. use it and too he- soon." And, and, and here's, yeah. here's just, an umbrella. Just look after yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own. Here's a one-pound umbrella from IKEA. It's good for one use only. Yeah. It'll break if you try and put it down. What's, so, uh, what's find... wrong with one pound umbrellas from Ikea? Well, as you found out when we walked over to him in the pouring so rain, that so it broke. Basically, you're starting a conversation, not just in the middle, but actually at the end. On the way over, Tim used this brilliant Ikea umbrella. I think for the second time, it disintegrated in the rain. <laughs> I have used it a lot more than that, actually, but it does. It, to, to be fair to it, it cost one pound, and uh, and I didn't expect it to last long. It's lasted about th- three months before breaking. I think it's basically designed to get you from the front door to your car, right? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, it's no. not. You wouldn't want it in torrential rain. No. Which was what we just took it out in. Yeah, that's right. It is yeah. wet in Bath today. It's very wet. Seriously uh, yeah, wet. Seriously wet. So Cologne, Mike. What was what? First of all, what was Cologne like? I think Cologne's city? a beautiful city, and you know what? It actually feels like an incredibly safe city as well because we were wandering around it. Got it, like you know, four in the morning. And you were the most dangerous man on the street. I think it's possible I was, yeah. It's just an incredibly nice place to be. I mean, you know, like, women will go cycling on the street at, like, two in the morning, you know? It's just, it's just, it seems like a safe place. I'm not sure that's the case. It just feels like a safe place. Um, but I just, was, I was getting up too early every day, going to bed too late every night, eating junk the whole time, and, you know, me, Tim, I treat my body like a temple. You do, yeah. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I, I've taken, I've taken Taylor's position, and, uh, I look after myself. Very beautiful. But, oh man, I just, I ran myself into the ground last week, like, absolutely ran myself into the ground. So I was lucky enough to actually run into um, Geraint Evans, Games Master's former yeah. deaf head and yeah. a friend of yours, who I yeah, worked yeah. on NGC yeah. back in the day, Geraint Evans. I ran into him on the plane, he was flying out of Bristol, uh, along with me, with um, in his new role, he works in, uh, he actually, well he does some stuff, I'm not sure, should we say? 
Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, he's uh, he's working on Blast Blue these yeah. days. So I ran into him and his boss, and his boss is a super super nice guy. And we went for a little walk around Amsterdam. We had some Chinese. It was really nice. You connected via Amsterdam. We connected via yeah. Amsterdam. We were there for like four hours, so he decided to go for a little wander. And we went around the red light district, which is right near the train main train station in Amsterdam. It's like it's just a stone's throw away, and it's right alongside these lovely rivers, and it's really nice. It's beautiful, yeah. But you get to you've been before, yeah, yeah. of course, twice what, to Amsterdam. And yeah. what I didn't know is that in Amsterdam. They, they don't just have a load, like a load of knocking shops. They actually organise them by theme. So you'll turn into a street and it'll just be nothing but, like, I don't know, Eastern European girls. Mm. Or you'll turn into another street and it'll be nothing but Asian girls. Another street will be nothing but dominatrixes. It's there. like the world's best pick and mix. Well, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, I, I, you go, you, you look down the audience, it, it was, I said to the girl, I said... It's not just me, is it? This is weird, right? This is this is definitely weird. I was like, I'm not being really British about this. This is mm. definitely strange. He's like, yes, yeah, definitely weird. We were walking down this super thin alley, and there's a lot of these in Amsterdam where it's like two buildings yeah. really close together, yeah. and they're treated like main roads. There's loads of people going up and down them, but it's really confined mm. in there. As we were going along, it opened up just slightly, and I looked to my right, and there was a girl in basically a lockup. It was just like a sliding door lockup. She was sitting there. In her pants, going, come on in. Come on in, just sitting on a bed. Come on in, come on in. Just like, uh, it, it's weird. What's the real a, place? It's a strange city. I, I, I mean, I can see like there's some guy who's like, I don't know, he's up for a bit of hot sailor action late at night. He's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get my, my end away. He's in town for one night. He thinks, oh yeah, I'm gonna go for that. And he walks down the road in this dark, under the cover of darkness and he's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just nip in here. And he does that, does his business and goes on his way. Yeah. But, it's the middle of the day. Yeah, it was two in the afternoon, Tim. Yeah, well, two in the afternoon. I, I went with my good lady wife, and uh, so it wasn't really like a situation where you could stand in front of the sex, you know, windows with the <laughs> prostitutes in and go, "Whoa, look at them!" Look. You know, it wasn't really that. Yeah. But but we did walk around and, and we went into some of the sex shops because you feel like you have to go in. Yeah. Um, and I think I said to you the other day, I, in one of them, there was literally the world's <laughs> biggest dildo. Yeah. I mean, I've ne- never <laughs> seen anything like it ever. I mean, it was like the size of a Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm. Yeah. You know, it was massive. But anyway, that's by the by. I just thought I'd mention. But Amsterdam is a strange city. I, I, I went past a sex shop which had a, a dildo, a vibrating dildo, which plugs into an iPhone. With its own, I think with its own dedicated app, and it was called Oh My Bod. Oh right. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's quite clever. This is the kind of almost clever. This is the kind of talk you just don't get on Major Nelson's podcast. Yeah, yeah you don't right. get that. This <laughs> is it's the missing ingredient. But what I want to say about Amsterdam was that it was a it's a strange city because actually when you when you step outside the road light district and actually that sort of downtown area near the yeah. um, near the train station, if you go further uptown, it's absolutely beautiful. It's an incredibly beautiful city. And I love how everybody cycles there. As a cyclist yeah. myself, and I really like amazing it. Amazing culture there. Like the museums are brilliant, and they've got some amazing art galleries and stuff and it's wicked um, if you like getting high as well right yeah right yeah but what I was interested in when I was going around the red light district was uh, it's like okay I see that there's uh, you know, if you're into Asian girls you're covered and if, you, if you're into like dominatrix girls you're, you're covered really tall women who like beat the shit out of you like, you're covered and what I wondered was where they keep like the um, the sort of like the 19 year old girls who aren't addicted to heroin <laughs> right yeah uh, <laughs> so I didn't see any of those well, well, yeah. yeah yeah so uh yeah, came up, came up, Amsterdam comes up short on that. That front. does, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So anyway, eventually we made it to Germany. Um, when I flew out of Germany, man, the pilot I think decided because we were flying, we were going late, and a lot of people had to make connecting flights because people use Amsterdam as a connecting place. You yeah. know, we were flying back, man alive. I think the pilot 
had a window and he had to meet it. And he came, he came out of the sky like a dart. Like we hit the ground. Like if, <laughs> if I, man alive, if I jumped out of that plane, I wouldn't hit the, hit the ground any harder. Yeah. We landed so we, like, and we were, we were coming into land, and the whole plane was going. We were bouncing up and down, we're all in our seats. And I was listening to this um, book because um, I. I, I can't read or, on planes. Mm. It makes me feel, makes my turn to my guts. I was listening to an audio book. I listened to Malcolm Gladwell's um, Outliers book. There's a whole, a good, like, a fifth of the book is about plane crashes. Right, yeah. And I was listening to that part. And they were talking, and he, just as we were coming in, he goes, and this Gladwell himself reading it, he's this really softly spoken guy. I won't try and do an impression, but I'll, I'll lower my voice a little. He goes, um, so, uh, yeah, most... You know, plane crashes happen for many reasons. Well, often when there's bad weather, pilot fatigue, and in particular when pilots are um, rushed and they're, you know, they're, they have to they have to make it down for a deadline or whatever. And I was, I, was I, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever been so scared on a plane. And in retrospect, it's like you get on the floor, you're like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. But coming down, man, that was yeah. serious frigging yeah. business. Yeah, bricking it. Yeah, that was serious business. I had that sort of experience on. Um I won't say the name of the airline, but it was a low. It was a low cost airline. It was a flight to. Was uh, it the Australia one in the weather? No, it was a flight to to Dublin with, for an Activision uh, event, and uh, he was just the same. Like it was like everyone seated, yeah, takes off. You know, belts through the sky, and then right landing. You know, straight. Yeah, on you there. couldn't have had a rougher landing if they fired you to Ireland in a That's cannon. Right. Should have stuck you in a cannon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well. So if I just mean, let's talk about games. Yeah, yeah there probably. were games there. That's yeah. where you went. Mostly it's the same games as E3. Yeah. And in many cases, the same demos as well. What I like about Gamescom is you get really good access. I got to sit in a room with uh, Warren Spector for half an hour on my own. That's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of access to someone, uh, you know, who's that much in demand. Yeah. That's unprecedented. You know, that's that's an exciting thing. And as he's one of my heroes, so it was real nice to, to just sit and chat with him and ask him, like, you know, questions about design and so on. I was having a chat about that. I got to, um, I got, also got to spend half an hour with uh, 3DS and just enjoy it rather than have to queue for God knows how long and fight for a go and then someone's behind you really getting increasingly more and more angry that you're the one playing the thing and not him. Well, I got to spend like a nice long time with all of the uh, 3DS demos and man alive, the 3DS is amazing. That thing is going to fly off shelves. It's just going to be unstoppable. As soon as you see it, you just want it. Yeah, it's that good. And the difference between like 3DS 3D and Sony TV 3D isn't the difference between, you know, like having specs on and not having specs on. I mean, there is that, but that's not what makes a difference. The difference is between whatever it's going to be, two hundred quid and two and a half grand. Mm. You know, it's like make no mistake. I'm playing Gran Turismo on the 3D TV, which I've done quite a few times. It looks great, but when you can get like. A similar quality of 3D on a handheld device when you don't need the specs or anything and it costs you 200 quid that's huge man that's 3D for the masses and that's going to be massive mm. just going to be massive and if they're smart they'll start putting 3D movies on yeah. to download you know and yeah. that, that that would be huge doing, doing like a, I mean it, you can they can store up to 2 gig on their cartridges they could do for that size screen they could do Avatar no trouble yeah. you know that's that kind of thing will be huge um so ask me some questions, I guess. Like, what about? Should we? I mean, should we start off with Bioshock Infinite? That's yeah, yeah. So I saw Bioshock Infinite. My goodness, that's a good looking. Are we? Game. Are we calling it Aeroshock from now on on Xbox? Flyoshock. Flyoshock is yeah. Strike came up with earlier. Yeah. Um, 
No, because at some point it's going to become apparent why it's called Bioshock Infinite. There'll be something to do with Rapture at one point, maybe. Well, or... I, I, I've got this. Like, I'm going to put it out there right now because you spend most of the game with this girl called Elizabeth. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the game you learn she's called Elizabeth Ryan. Yeah. Maybe. You know, and she's some way connected. Uh, maybe. I'm just going to put it out there. Have you not... been named as your character? Yeah, name? you are oh, right, Booker so uh, Booker DeWitt. Yeah. All right. So you're not Andrew Ryan. Right? No, you're not uh, Ryan. You're uh, Booker DeWitt. You're a P- ex Pinkerton who were this private security force who were just basically thugs. They were like the precursor to the FBI. Yeah, yeah. They were they used they were some union busters and so okay. on and they maintained a lot of maintained order when essentially, you know, for hire would maintain order in inverted commas for hire. If you watched Deadwood, you'd know know all that. Uh, we only watched the first episode. No. Got it to to eventually watch. Good show sometime. Deadwood. Very good. So you're this guy, one day someone comes to him and says, Listen, I need you to get to collect this girl, rescue this girl. They, uh, he says, uh, you know, where is she? He says, oh, he's, she's on Columbia, this flying city. Yeah, yeah. Now, the city vanished, and this is a world without radar, it's a world without lots of planes. You know, there are planes, but not so many that are patrolling the skies. So it's easy for a giant flying city to get lost above mm. the clouds. You, you stick it above an ocean and it's gone, you know? Um, and this, this mysterious stranger says, uh, I know where it is, and we're going to send you there. So he does, and he goes there, and within... In the first third of the game, you will find Elizabeth. You will find her. She's, finding her isn't the problem. Getting off of a flying city 10,000 feet above the ground, that's the problem. Well, it's pretty easy to get off, really. But you could get off. Safely, though. Safely is a different <laughs> matter, yeah. So I guess you're looking for a balloon or a parachute or mm. any way off. And that's the game. Um, she's actually a non-player character who's always with you, or at least often with you. Um, Are we worried about that? No, because uh, I was interviewing one of their, their their design directors, and he's he's talked me through a number of features which make it really interesting. We'll be covering these in not the next issue that you guys are going to be seeing at home, but the issue after that, uh, where we've got a colossal, colossal feature. We've got interviews with Ken Levine. We've got, um, oh, I forgot his name, Sean Robinson, the art director. We've got... Uh, Tim Gerritsen, I think. Tom, Tim Gerritsen, Tom Gerritsen, maybe. Uh, the design director. Tons of access. All Basically, all the information out there in the world right now from their lips, you know, telling the full story. And what they've got is um, is a, a basically a pattern matching system, which is, is easy for like developers to say, we have this system. We always hear that. But the way it's described it actually works quite well. She'll be quite intelligently react to what you're doing. If you're using electricity plasmids, she'll pick her own tactics to complement yours. She'll wait for you to stun guys and attack them and so on. Um, she's actually, she'll actually react quite smartly. And what's more, you can issue orders to her if you want. But from what I can gather, and they're not talking much about the morality system or the choices you'll make in the game, from what I can gather... She's very much going to be the game's morality system. Because you can, one of the phrases um, Tim used was, you can use her and you can use her a lot, but it's up to you if you use her up. Wrong. As if you can maybe hurt her by okay. using her all the time to fight. Right, okay. Maybe you throw her into battle all the time and have you fight all of your fights for you, and it ends up just destroying her. She ends up something, you know, she ends up a ruin, and you end up having to deliver this girl who's basically. A Walking Dead, you know. So have they have they out, outright come out and called these things plasmids? Or? No, no. So they, they, I mean, Garrison in the interview said you could call them plasmids, but I, that is much as much as much as a slip of the tongue as yeah. anything else. Because in this game, you drink the plasmids, you don't inject them. Right, okay. it's a very different thing. They're like tonics, you know. Mm. And I, in my preview, um, I've, is it I, Murder of Crows? Murder of Crows, like yeah, Crows it was one of them. And also, he uses a telekinesis tonic and so on. So. Both of those appeared in the demo, which is, I believe is actually going to be available to the public next week. Mm-hmm. So you guys will get to see the demo that we've seen. 
which is a very exciting demo. It's worth bearing in mind, of course, it is a very scripted demo, in- incredibly scripted demo, but it does give you a taste of like what that world is about and some of the things you'll be able to employ in that world. Certain things, certain things are like layers of bullshit that you have to read through. Every now and again, the game jumps into slow motion. Some of the fights are a little bit too neat. But when they played it in front of us, they played it in front of us. It wasn't running a video. It was just, you know, the guy was taking on the part of an actor in the world, basically. Mm. And the demo was set up to trigger certain mm. certain moments at certain times. Same time. as they did with the Bioshock 2, like the searching for the little sister or whatever. Yeah. Those ones were called. It's... um. Yeah, they, they know how to... It's like a cinematic so, presentation, you know? Absolutely. I mean, they rehearse and rehearse and rehearse yeah. before presenting those. But it's a magnificent world, and it was the game that everybody came out of the show saying, that's the game of the show. Mm. Unless they were one of the few people, unless people saw it, one of the few, because everybody wants to see Bioshock, but left fewer people saw From Dust, and everyone who saw From Dust came out of the show saying that was the game of the show. So From Dust is the, the new game from the the maker, the guy who created Another World way back when. And Eric Chachi. But yeah, Eric Chachi. Chachi. Uh, he's um. God, I'm just about to lapse into some happy day shit now. He um is uh, someone who I'm not a fan of at all. I don't think Another World was very good. No, I don't think it was good at all. And Matt agrees, I think. Yeah, I played it a few weeks. ago. I think actually. he's been getting a lot it. of credit for a very, very bad game for a very long time. But he is one of the nicest men I think I've ever met. Right. And so he made me, you know, he made, I, you know, I still don't like his game, but I like the guy. And he's got a lot of good ideas and he's a very smart guy for sure. And this game is, is I guess the game with black and white should have been mm. 10 years ago. It's, the whole world works with a sim- sim- this amazing simulation. So if you dig a trench water it's too water water's going to flow along that trench if you carve out a path for lava to flow along it'll flow if you leave the game turned on and leave a, a volcano just erupting it will gradually build a mountain over there over many hours it will build a mountain as the rock cools and so on the simulation is amazing and it's not technology in service of gameplay or, or gameplay in service of technology. It's like the two rose up together. As they were developing it, they were like, well, we want to be able to do this thing. So our engine needs to be able to do this. And then when they built the engineer, so it was kind of like, you know, okay, so now we can we can do this thing in this engine, but we can also do this. So let's add that to the gameplay. And they began building it up in stages. You know, the technology would advance, so the gameplay would advance. And the game would advance, the demands of the game would advance, and so they would have to push the engine even further. And what they got now is... Without question, the most impressive technical feat, one of the most impressive technical feats on Xbox, let alone Xbox Live Arcade. And it just looks really fun. Mm. I mean, it's essentially it's a, almost a path-building game. What you're trying to do is get one tribe to this point of knowledge. It's a tribe which has lost its memory. And you want to get them to a place where they'll, they'll learn again. You described it almost when you came back. Because I, I saw the tail end of the video that was released, and to me, it just looked like a, a map editor almost. Yeah, you you said that it was almost a bit like Lemmings. A bit in a like way. Lemmings. Yeah, you often you often have to find creative ways to get into certain places, you know. And your paintbrush with the world is this cursor, which you can put over anything in the world, draw that thing up, and then paint it anywhere else. So if you want trees somewhere, go to some other trees, it's draw them up, sponge, put them down. Yeah, it's a big it's sponge. Weird. It's almost like watching that was like watching the Unreal um, Unreal 3 tech demo Yeah, that they gave at GDC, just stuff like that. It's it's very odd, but they've made a game out of it, obviously. Yeah, and essentially you're trying... What you, you So, for example, what you'll get is a warning. You'll be looking after these guys and you'll get a warning. And it'll say there's a tsunami coming and it's going to hit this island that these people are living on. And they need to protect themselves. Now, 
I did ask, is it possible just to build mountains in the way to protect them? He's like, well, y- you know, you could, but what, this is a big tidal wave. And sure enough, when it finally arrived, it was really big. Mm. The best way so, is to give them the knowledge to control the elements. So the first element they're going to be able to control is water. So you send this guy on a, on a path to this stone. There's this buried stone, which mm. you're going to you dig up, and you need to get one of the villagers to that stone. And he gets there. After you've raised and lowered the ground, um, blocked rivers and so on, and made it possible for him to get there. And when he finally reaches there, does this whole bows down thing. And the guy, you know, the guy demoing it said, you know what, uh, we haven't got time to get back. So I'm going to flood him. And he just he lets, he lets the banks of the river collapse. And then the, the flood washes this guy back to his village. Okay. And he gets there and he, and he builds a, like a little sandbank for the guys to get washed up on. And he crawls up, teaches the rest of the village his his new skill, yeah. and the title is coming at this point. It's right on them. So they all start dancing and singing, and the music's building and mm-hmm. building, and the wave begins to cut around them. Right. And so, it, and it's, it, again, it looks amazing. It's really beautiful. And over the course of the game, what you'll, you'll be in charge of managing many tribes, and say one tribe can tr- control fire and one controls water, well, you want to get those guys together yeah. so they can both control Share those elements. Knowledge and-, and as they become smarter, you become more powerful because they gift you okay. new powers. And one of the powers they they showed. Uh, the thing is, me and um uh, one of the guys from Eurogamer, I won't name him, but me and one of the guys from Eurogamer were sitting there watching this demo, and I think we were getting quite excited by it. You know, it's, it was a game, it's a demo you go into not really expecting a great mm-hmm. deal, but you come out so surprised. And I think um, Eric was like really excited that we were excited. And he started saying, "Oh no, no, check this out and check this out." And the demo was going on and on. We we went over our slot, and he um. He said, then, then he said, you know, should I show you this? Yeah, I'll show you this. And he said, this is one of the, like, the late game powers. And he expanded the reticule really big. I mean, really big. And just grabbed an entire like shelf of the world, lifted it up into the air, like hundreds of feet up in the air. And all the water cascades off the <laughs> edges. And, you know, the, the one, on one side, there's a volcano and the lava's just tipping, spewing out on one side. And as the lava hits the water, it turns to rock. And it's, um, and not a, Glitch in the frame rate, not a, a not a flicker, not a problem. It's an amazing piece of tech, but it looks like it might be a really fun game as well. When's it coming out? Next year. So where's the guy been for all this time? I have no idea. And I, I was mean, and I was, was going to ask. Uh, was he ninety one, ninety two, ninety three? Oh. I think possibly. But was he involved in like flashback and stuff? I I. I don't know. No, he wasn't involved in flashback. No, so, not not no. even slightly involved in flashback. No. That was only Delphine. Um, I th- I think it's possible he's been some kind of consultant for a long time. You no. know, and of course, consultants are never really known. Mm. When someone consults on a project, you never know they've consulted. I think it's possible he's been doing that, but I don't know. That's just speculation on oh. my part. I was going to ask him, but the demo went on for a real long time. We <laughs> yeah. we, chew, we chewed up a lot of his time, and at some point, we're going to be going back to him and asking him a lot about this game because it's a very exciting game. So what else uh, tickled your fancy then at the show? So I saw Connect. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's Houston. We have a problem time. Right. It's it's the it's the moment when um, everything should be working and it's not. You see, for the past year we've been seeing Connect. And Played it, it at, at last year's Gamescom. Of course, and it's been um, working in different levels of quality ever since. Because bear in mind, when Matt first saw it, it still had a processor in it. still running off of a PC. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and at the time I came back, I was like, I think it's laggy. Um, but I don't know if it's just me not being used to playing the game. The funny thing is, I'm not even going to uh, rag on the lag thing. We're going to, I mean, everyone, a lot of people seem to have a problem with the lag thing, but I, actually, I don't think the lag not. is a problem. I mean, 
you've got like Dance Central, which seems to work. Absolutely mitigates the lag completely. So. And you know, you've got a game like Forza, which is running with you know full body tracking, mm-hmm. and it's running at sixty frames a second. And the game actually, and this is from um, confirmed by Kudo, it's actually been graphically improved since uh, Forza Three. You know, the new the new Forza will be a better version of Forza. Um, so technically, it's been changing. I mean, they've they've stripped out features. It's got, it's got a lower resolution camera now than the last time Matt used it as well. And I used this latest version of Kinect at E3, and I'm using that same version again at Gamescom. But what I played at E3 was a bunch of Microsoft demos and the, the games that Microsoft are shipping with it, and they're really good. And Dance Central is amazing as well. I mean, it's going to be a super, super fun game. It's... It's, it's, you know, what Kinect should be used for, I it guess. It seems to be able to tell if you're enjoying it. It yeah. seems to actually judge whether you're getting into the game or if you're just, like, doing the and motions that's the that you're being told. that Kinect's so good at. When you, when you put it onto games like Tiger Woods and so on, mm. where it'll look at you and go, you know what, you didn't put your hips into that. Yeah. And that's going to be amazing. Like, Move is great. Tiger Woods with, with Move is really good yeah. fun. Yeah. But when you've got a game thing which says, you know what, your feet were placed wrong, so guess what? That ball's not going to fly away. No, it's, it's, it like, it's like the DJ when you go out and you're like, are you ready? And everyone's like, yeah. It's like, are you ready? Like, and you have to get into it to make them happy so yeah. they can carry on. You know, Connect can be almost and like because, character egging you on. Because Down Central, I mean, Down Central can essentially mitigate the lag because it just has to say, you know, if the game knows there's a tenth of a second lag, it can say, well, were you in time with the music a tenth of a second mm. ago? Yes, you were. So it's yeah. okay. So, I mean, it can actually completely negate that. Um, and, of course, Tiger Woods, it kind of doesn't really matter if you're if the game's lagging, you know, a twentieth of a second behind you because it's not an action-oriented game. Yeah. Where that lag's going to be a problem is in really action-based games, but we'll get to that in a minute. Again, again I don't think the lag is going to be the problem for games like that. What will be a problem for the games like that is that Connect doesn't work. <laughs> It doesn't work. It ke- it loses you. It gets confused. It if you step out of the frame and step back in, it hasn't got a clue what to do. If you cross your arms over, sometimes you just can't work out which arm is which. If you lift an arm out of the frame, it just, it doesn't know what that your that arm is doing. Um, this is evident in the third party games more than Microsoft's, which suggests that it's going to be all okay eventually. Mm. But the first batch of third party titles are going to be a real bummer I think mm. because I played the Harry Potter game I played Fighters Uncaged I think I played something else I played some of uh, Konami's games as well and um, to be honest their, their surfboarding game is actually controls quite well but their Decca Sports game is a bit clumsy uh, I'll get back to the other two in a second because oh my god uh, but you got this system which by this point in its life and we've always given it the benefit of the doubt because We've seen various beta iterations of it, mm. and we know that these things improve. It's like um, we've, we're, we're looking at a whole new kind of testing for guys like us. We're used to playing games early and seeing graphical glitches, frame rate glitches. Well, now we're going to get used to looking at games early and seeing Kinect glitches, you know, Kinect not understanding things. And this is why we're giving it the benefit of the doubt, you know, is the Kinect controls were being implemented. Well, we're at the point now where we're, what, two months from release? Three months. Three months from Three release. Months to the day. And it has to be working at this point. By now, it, it has to be working, and it's not. Yeah, because let's think about it. I mean, three three months out. I mean, the, the hardware's hardware's, hardware's lies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the hardware's. But there are more software updates to go. It's probably sh- it's probably I've, being made 
all being shipped as we speak. Absolutely, and it's being beta tested by Microsoft selected testers as well. I spoke to one of the guys, he said there is some software updates coming when the, de- the, de- the developers working on Connect. He said there are more software updates coming. And the beauty of Connect is, as the software updates come in, these things will improve. That's the beauty of Connect. You know, you can't improve Move with uh, software updates, but you can improve Connect with software updates. Yeah. Now, to jump in very quickly and uh, to reassure people a little bit, Microsoft's titles work well. Mm-hmm. Um, you play uh, Connect Adventures. Uh, it it, re- it reads you pretty good. It reads you fine. Um, with Connect Sports again, it reads you fine. Did you play Joyride? I've played Joyride before. Yes, yeah, rubbish, but it, it, reads, <laughs> it reads you okay. I mean, it's a crap game. Um, and yeah, you know what? You can say that based on ten minutes play Microsoft. You know, you, you can. Mm. It's any people are coming away from this event, you know, saying, "Well, the games are a little bit." But a kid, you know, they're not aimed at you and me. They're aimed at kids. Mm. And I'm a kid playing kid, Joyride. I think he's going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, that kid with 150 pound in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The, the little kid who's going to get a. The thing is, though, you know what? But people, you, you show it. a parent yeah. Connectimals and a, the, ador- yeah. the adorable yeah. little Asian girl play at E3 playing Connectimals, and you know what? That game, that thing's going to fly. It will because I know for a fact that my my little one would absolutely love Connectimals. She would scream right. She said she's into massively into dogs at the moment. She right? loves dogs. Dogs, any animals, so connectimals will be massive. I'll def- I'm definitely going to get connect because I know that she'll love yeah. connectimals, yeah. and she'll love joyride and stuff as well. You mm. know, and there's going to be like little apps and stuff where you can just paint on the screen with your hand, yeah. and all kinds of cool stuff like that for kids. For us, not so much, but they've got this um this mode in the Harry Potter game, which is the first of the third party game uh, games I played, where it's basically it's on rails, and you're Harry Potter and you cast spells. To just to just you know to take these things, it's like Operation Wolf with Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> for for people who remember Harry Oper- Operation Wolf. <laughs> I so, do. or if, for those who don't, it's Time Crisis with Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. But you do gestures to cast the spells, and let me tell you, Connect hasn't got a f- the first clue what you are doing. It has not got a clue. Um, it, it, it's it, when it show, when it because it will pop up on the screen the skeleton tracking. It will show it. And you wave to it to make it like recognize you. And when it works, it's amazing. You wave and it goes ding, and it's like it's got you. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. But then you take a step back and it connects like, uh oh, well, hang on, wait, well, you done something so I didn't expect. And then and you have to, and then you step back into the frame and it's like, oh, I know you're too close. <laughs> oh god, I can't see your head. And it's like, it's like it just gets really confused. And when it gets confused, it just stops working. Right. Uh, and this happened when I was playing the um, Fighters and Cage game as well, which, and the guys making it were super nice, and I don't want to slag off the game, but it's not a very good game. It really isn't, and it can't be. It, it, there's nothing they could do to it to make it a good game. And I'm, I wonder how much of that is them, and how much of that is Connect. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point, because I mean, developers are going to be so reliant on Connect for, for, for any of these games to work. Yeah. You know, they're re- so reliant, more, th- more than ever reliant on Microsoft to yeah. deliver a piece of hardware that works. And to deliver the libraries. But to, be, to their credit, you know, every developer has said, you know what, Microsoft have been brilliant. They've got every tool we could ever need out to us. They've really got us, you know, good stuff. They've, they've really gone out of their way. And the games ain't showing it. Well, I mean, they do make good points. Like, you know what? He says to me, you know, he says, you're not a martial artist. I'm not a martial artist. I'm not a ninja. I can't dodge a punch. It's coming to me at full speed. So you have to build a game around fighting. It's not like actual fighting. You're making the motions of fighting. Mm. But it's not, it doesn't feel like a fight. But it doesn't have the kind of energy that Wii Sports Boxing has, you know? Mm. Like, that's all it needed. It has that kind of mm. mad energy. Mm. And I think it's so strange and perhaps telling that Fight Night, the new one, I think it's called Champions or something. 
doesn't use Connect. Doesn't use Connect mm. or Move for that matter, though. So mm, I don't know. I don't know what about that, but but it, again, at this point, Connect should be working a lot better than it is in third-party games. And the ones we've played, it ain't working. And again, it's, it's I've got to just keep reiterating. I'm going to repeat myself one more time. When I say it's not working, I mean it is not working. It's not doing what it's supposed to. You should be able to stand in front of it and it should be able to read you all the time. It should just know. I mean, what, what do they say? They said it'll recognise your face. You'll stand in front of it. It'll recognise who you are. Uh, people can walk in front of it. It'll recognise there's people walking in front of it, blocking your view. And Connect will be able to understand that. If you put your arm behind your back, Connect will know that your arm's behind your back. It'll take a good guess at where your arm was. Well, A, it ain't good guesses. And B, most of the time it gets confused and loses you. Every single demo I've been into, at some point in that demo, someone has had to put their hand in front of Connect to reset the sensor. And that's worrying. Yeah, no, it is worrying. So, apart from Connect, any other games that, that, that tickled your fancy? Or, um... Deus Ex looks amazing. Yeah, you said about Deus Ex. Yeah, Deus Ex. I mean, when he came to talking about games of the show, it came down to three games. Deus Ex, From Dust, and Bioshock. Those were the games everyone was talking about. Okay, so tell us a bit about Deus Ex. Then. Well, they did this demo where they played in three different ways. Uh, played through this police station in three different ways. One was, of course, with all guns blazing. Walks in, pulls a gun, shoots the guy in the face, and it all kicks off. Basically, he goes Terminator 1 on it. Mm. You know, he, he, goes, uh, he goes in there, I'll be back. You know, just storms through, blowing guys away, flipping, a, you know, taking cover behind things, aiming over balconies, using his, three, his, um, his X-ray vision to see where guys are placed, popping up, going pop, 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 taking guys out. Does it work, work effectively? It's a, it looks like a decent shooter, for yeah. sure. Second way, social. Looks a little dull to be honest. Social, right. you uh, chat your way through. Yeah, you, con- yeah. you convince guys to let you through. You know, you basically charm them. You charm them into it. Yeah, and that's going to become more of a game when you get the modules for it. The idea is you look at them, you read their faces. But you know what? Faces will never be good enough in this current generation to be able to read yeah. them. You know. So, but as when later on in the game, you'll have these upgrades where you'll be able to see. Oh yeah, his heart rate just increased when he said right, that thing. Okay. Uh, and you'll be able to, or his, his pupils just dilated. I, th- to- I think that that mode will really come into its own again later on. It's like Mass Effect. How great was Mass Effect One when you could you went to the final boss Saren and you made him kill himself yeah. by talking him out of doing what he was going to do. Yeah. And like in Deus Ex, you just know they're going to build on that even more. And that'd be yeah. super cool. You know, they'll 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 reward you for it. I mean, they they tried to say you know we'll make every path you can take fun and then the third route with stealth which I think is probably how I'm going to end up playing it and I have a lot of people to play it uh, you hack your way in it's a very cool hacking system which is based a little bit on Uplink the PC game uh, you hack your way in um, take over nodes and then they're, 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 you're being counter hacked back and they're trying to like lock down the system as you're hacking your way in you get in, and you said there's loads of ways in. It's a, it's a four-story building. You're going through the roof, but of course, to get to the basement, you've got to go through four floors. Oh, okay, yeah. So he goes in from the first floor, uh, uses his cloaking system to get through, uses his x-ray vision to see where guys are, sneaks around, comes up be- right behind a guy, you know, like slides inches past him, goes down to the basement, convinces the mortician to hand over the brain chip that he wants. So... Every you know all the different routes they all seem they all seem they seem good they seem to work and Science. they reckon the game's still on for February I don't know what the demo I saw I would say maybe a little later in yeah that. I mean it seems but, remarkably ambitious I know the first game you know was, it's been in development for a long yeah, time yeah, now, yeah was know? this kind of thing but it's um, you know the modern gamer expects a, a little more perhaps than than you know we got the first time around with day I mean when the first Deus Ex came out everyone was like whoa but the thing is you play the first Deus Ex and. I, I asked Warren Spector about this. He, I said to him, like, you know, it, it, why do you think no one's really, like, you know, fully copied that game? You know, from the Lock, Stock and Barrel. He said, I think they have. 
I think they have. I think every game you play now has like got elements of, you know, elements of Deus Ex. Like those RPG elements. Games like System Shock and mm. and um, Bioshock. You know, the RPG elements in you know campaign based shooters have become so so important now. Like the leveling systems and stealth. You know, any, and any to be fair, System Shock did come first. Well, yeah, but you know, by a good well, eight years or something. Well, no, not by what System Shock was like ninety two. No, it wasn't. The first one. No, it wasn't. Was it not early 90s? No, it System wasn't. Shock 2 was like 98 or something. Well, anyway, um, so we, we, I was chatting to all these guys and chatting to um, uh, the art lead on it, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, I think... like One thing Warren said, which I thought was interesting, was how... Um, I just love Warren. I just want to really give him a little man hug. <laughs> we talk about Warren quite a lot in coming weeks, probably. Uh, he's um, He said, you know, games, he says, I think he thinks have never been more varied. Mm. Okay, you get a lot of people saying that games are like all the same now. He said, but you know, when you got a world where plants versus zombies can exist alongside Bioshock, mm. and Bioshock can exist alongside uh, Splinter Cell, it's like you know, it, those games are pretty varied, and and they and many of them borrow elements from uh, from. Deus Ex. From <laughs> yeah, Deus Ex. I've been just talking for ages. I'm just hoping you guys will yeah, say something. Sorry, I, I know that you're you're checking up on it. Maybe, maybe I was wrong by early 90s. You're but definitely I wrong. Sy- I thought System Shock. It's, it's a Ken Levine game. He wasn't making... I don't think he was making games back then. But let's find out. Let's find we'll out. See. We'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Put me on the spot. If it's anything le- uh, older than 94, then I'm, I'm perfectly 94. Wrong. There you yeah. go. 94. And what was 2? 98? And Deus Ex would have been two thousand. Yeah. But again, so again, old Spectre was saying, he said, you know, the way he thought back then was he said, oh, I want, he said, I was so bored with games. He said, I wanted to, t- I wanted to mm. teach my peers a lesson. Well, I said, that's how I thought back then. You know, I want to, I want to shame them. I want to <laughs> shame them with this game. There's not enough shaming going on. No, People need really to not. try and shame and others. And that's, that's why that game was so ambitious. And, and like, you, you don't get games which rip it off lock, stock and barrel, but you do get so many games which took elements from those games. Mm. And... Deus Ex, you say it's like, you know, it was gamers today expect more. Except if you play Deus Ex, it's got every single element you expect from a modern shooter. Yeah. Except it came out 10 years ago. Yeah. And the only difference now is that it's more accessible. They, they have the same kind of like breadth of content, but they, they make it easier to handle. Mm. So you don't have, I mean, you have still like, one of, they, they showed us through Deus Ex 3's tech trees and so on. And there's some really, like, you know, really intricate tech trees going on in that game where, if you want to like, enhance your eyes, there's a tech tree for that. If you want to enhance your arms, there's a tech tree for that. And that, that has many branches, and you can't, you can't follow all of them, mm. you know? The leveling system they've got in that game is really interesting, but it's so much neater than any of the systems. It's the same systems, but they're so much neater, and they're presented so much better. It's not an issue of more or less complex. It's an issue of how you present the complexity. Mm. And they've done a real nice job of that, and it, yeah. look, it just looks great. And so, sorry, Matt. I was going to say, it's not all, all been about Gamescom this week so far. We've had a... Uh, it's quite scary the amount of review code we've had in the office and that we're still still receiving. It's games time now, isn't it, right? It's, uh, it's, it's all kicked it's, off. It's, all, it's September onwards. So we're recording this on Wednesday. Tomorrow, Mike, you're off to review Halo Reach. I am. When's this podcast going up? Friday. Yeah, good, because no one's supposed to know I'm going off to preview Halo Reach until Friday. Oh, okay. So you've just, oh, by Friday, you'll have... So if it's uh, Friday lunchtime, I'll, I'll be headed home right now. Um, so we've got that. Had Dead Rising 2. That's been reviewed that's out the door we should explain to our readers and the people who don't listen all the time it's very rare we actually go to the games to review them but sometimes when it's a game like Halo they have a security lockdown they yeah. don't want to let any copies out I mean it, the games leaked online it's ironic already. that they, the, the games that they do this with are almost invariably the games that do get, get leaked online. first yeah. your Grand Theft Autos 
your halos, yeah. and, ones. And the reason they do this see, to me, well, certainly not, I don't know about Reach, but certainly in previous Halos, was because Bungie are absolutely paranoid about people getting to know their story. Mm. That, that was certainly the reason last time around with Halo 3. It was like, you can't you can't have it in the office because you might leak the story. Yeah, I think it's the same. You know, it's, I, I think it's just... It's a bit mad. It's it, mad it's, I hate madness. reviewing games in that situation. I just hate it. But Luckily, I've still not been in that situation better. There you go. So, so we've got those big ones. We've had um, Enslaved. Yeah, let's talk a bit about Enslaved. Cause okay, I might have to tread carefully. I don't know how much I can. Oh, I can't say. In fact, I'm pretty up. sure I can't talk about it too much other than to say, get excited. It's good. It's, very a, good. it's a surprise goodie, right? Yeah, very much so. I won't say any more than that because I really don't know what we can oh, can't talk God. about. So it's than, all cocktease palette. Other than it's all very positive. Um I mean, same with Dead Rising 2, in actual fact. Although Dead Rising 2 is basically Dead Rising in yeah. a new place. And it's and literally... I, mean, I think I think within Slave we can talk a little bit about the fact that it's it's a, a, a pretty exciting world. I mean, it's, you know... Oh, yeah. Like, and and is, it, is it fair to say the sort of the fusion of games and cinema is, has never been better? That's certainly what they're building a lot of their, their hype on. I, I'm reticent to say it's never been better. Because um, that's a big old statement to make. Mm. Uh, I don't quite think it's true, but it's it's very impressive. Like in the in the same way that we can look at Uncharted two, and we can look at like Ga- uh, Ballad of Gay Tony, and say, you know what, that acting is a real cut above yeah. everything else. You can level the same, you know, um, not accusation, the same, you know, praise at, at Enslaved. They've done a fantastic job, and um, Alex Garland and Andy Circus have just, yeah pulled out all the stops and delivered a, a, a brilliant story and a very well acted and convincing story and uh, I was playing it I think you guys is were it, at the is office is it not a little bit my precious because every no. time I see circus act I almost want to kill myself no no not at all I mean I I honestly think it's fantastic there are, there are some cutscenes later on in the game which are just I mean the there are parts which are really genuinely touching There, are, there's one bit in particular that the Gemini were laughing at I mean when do you actually laugh out loud at games? Very, very rarely. I mean, I watched you, we... watch you play a level and a half of it, and I think that, you know, like Mike, I was a bit like Circus. I mean, I don't mind. I ain't got anything to do, you know, anything against You were like Andy Circus, Andy Circus more yeah, like. Yeah, but he is, he, he is, you know, he, he is an acquired taste, I think. Yeah. But I think, A, he, he does everything in an American accent anyway, so you can you can't really tell it's him. Does it, 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 he's, it's not, all, he's not doing a, all right, my lover, kind no. of thing. And <laughs> he's the other all thing, motion cap though, right? Yeah, it's all performance capture. Does he do, like... Because one thing I always found with um, Heavenly Swords, every action he went took was massively exaggerated. No. Very I, theatrical, I don't think, you know? Uh, to an extent, but it's, it, it doesn't look out of place. It okay. definitely fits. Sorry, the, the other thing saying. I was going to say was that uh, it, he seemed to... He seemed to almost underplay... Uh, I think it's an interesting character because he's mm-hmm. very sort of... He's a bit of a grunt to start with, yeah. isn't he? And he, he almost seemed to underplay. So there wasn't... I don't know how it goes later on in the game and perhaps we're not allowed to say, but certainly up front he was very sort of controlled. It was very controlled performance. Yeah. So it was, no, it was definitely not over the top. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this isn't... It was uh, like watching The Cottage or something. No, no. Where I mean, he's, <laughs> where he's completely... I mean, like, if you look like Trips are very petite. She's she's very small. Uh, she's only about 17. Oh, I think the actress maybe is 17. 
and you've got Monkey, who's this hulking guy who Trip has to enslave with a headband because she fears for her life. You know, she thinks, you know, he could knock her around. I don't know what she thinks he's going to do to her, but um, obviously she's concerned. But as far as, like, the acting and the story goes, they're both just two humans. Maybe there's been a slight branch. and even. <laughs> it's like the girls in uh, Gears of War, right? The girls in Gears of War are so much smaller than the guys. If they ever yeah, got, they, it, got it on, there'd be some damage. Yeah, I mean, it looks like in this world, if you were to pull those characters into this world, you'd wonder if they were like part of the same species but i mean they are in terms of the game it's just like two people um and that's how it's played like he doesn't act as though he's like this great hulking guy who's capable of scaling up skyscrapers in a matter of seconds not at all and it's interesting that they've got it so right this time when they got it so wrong last time and i and i guess it comes down to the mm. fact that they were under such they, a they lot did. of pressure they did. But, I, for, for to meet playstation 3's launch with they did sort. was heavenly sword Absolute travesty, though. It wasn't a launch game either. No, it was after launch. But they were still on a tight deadline, you know, because it's one of the most anticipated games. It wasn't a travesty. I just just don't think think it it lived up. No, like, taken... If it had no hype and it came out, people would have said, yeah, it's decent, nothing more. Yeah, that that, that game's a straight four out of ten. Yeah. I'm not convinced. I just... It was being billed as the biggest thing on PlayStation 3 and it didn't live up to it. Why have they got it so right this time? I can't really say. Oh, Just, it's... Everything that it does, it does so brilliantly. It's it's a game where you've got uh, it's, it's mostly there's this very simple fighting, um, and then there's an exploration element which is kind of Prince of Persia, uh, and just they both come together. Uh, it's <laughs> I'm going to say something which might raise some eyebrows in here. Um, it's not racist, is it? <laughs> no, it's certainly not. Um, but when I when I played it, I couldn't help but think back to Beyond Good and Evil an awful lot. And I know that doesn't excite you two, but I think there are p- people listening who I don't know might might think that appeals to them. Hasn't got hasn't got a talking pig in it, has it? Yeah, that would be the character called Pixie Tim. Oh. <laughs> so she does have a talking pig. It literally does have a yeah. talking pig. In it. <laughs> no, but I, I must yeah. say I watched it, I, I watched you play the first level and a half. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful game. Yeah, as well. and it look yeah, yeah. visually it looks fantastic. But I mean, moving on from that, I mean, we've got so many other games. Obviously, we've got FIFA and Pez coming in. We've got Castlevania coming in. in oh the next God, week. FIFA and Pez! You guys playing that? It's like, it's, it's I, I feel like I feel like it's like you're you're at stuck, school, at school stuck or in something. A bad dream. Oh, it's just a, a night- recurring nightmare. <laughs> all I hear is like Tim shouting at the screen, going. What was he doing? <laughs> Why? I didn't, I didn't even do that. And uh, look at make a run. That's all, all I hear every lunchtime. And I just wonder why you torture yourself with it. What's so good about it that you torture yourself? Because I gave this game up like two years ago. I had to because it was making me angry. Yeah. It clearly makes you angry. It does make me angry. So yeah. why do why torture ga- yourself? All games make me angry to okay. be Mike. So it's not it's not just it's not just uh, just FIFA. But I. I, I do like it. I do like it. I also hate it. I, lo- I have a love-hate relationship with yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I really love it and I yeah. really hate it. And of course, the, the bill we're playing at the moment is a little bit buggy. Yeah, it, it's buggy. I mean, it's early it's, code, but we're getting, be, we're getting final code, I think, t- next tomorrow, week. next week. Sure. Yeah, which it'll, will be, it'll be when we... It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, so I won't go over it too much. But, yeah. But the... The code, you know, with FIFA does tend to change quite a lot between preview and review, so it'll be interesting to see how it is when it comes mm. in. And then we've got a load more in the issue that we're working on right now that we can't even remember, and that's just the start of it. I mean, the following month we've got stuff like Fallout, and 
Yeah, it's a, it's a promising run into Christmas, Fallout's even with a bit the of a weird slipping. one because really we should be reviewing that in the issue we're doing now. But um, Bethesda have put some sort of crazo uh, embargo on the uh, on on all reviews, so it means we're going to be uh, going to and so is everyone else in the entire world. And of course, be, we're going to be late with the Halo Reach review as well, along with everybody else in the world. But just. I tell you what, we're not late with Tim. We're not late with the uh, the biggest hands-on you've ever seen with Halo Reach which should be on shelves next week that's right Tuesday it's landing the newest issue and it is a beaut yeah. even if we do say so ourselves so we uh, we sent the man Taylor over to yeah. uh, to, to Bungie, Bungie and he sat and played that game for like he basically played half the game yeah he had a he had, he had the whole works mic so Tim, Tim's doing works. the unbagging on our new issue right now I'm unbagging um, I think the I think we won't mention about the what's on the back of our uh, magazine, other than to say editorially we have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So any complaints you want to send in, do send them in. Um, but we'll leave it at that. But let's just talk about the issue. So Halo Reach. As no, Mike well, says, first of all, what's, what's these funky things you hey, were hey, we'll also in the bag? Hello, we'll get onto it. Just calm down, ah. calm down. So as Mike says, we've got a big, a big, big, big. Big Halo Reach feature, 14 pages, everything you need to know. Multiplayer, single player, firefight, forge world, and a whole lot more. Well remembered. Um, And that's just the start. Yes, the start of the interesting (laughs) stuff. Yeah. We've also got uh, two great features. Mike's written two great features this issue. One's on the the bafflingly complicated storyline for Metal Gear. But by the time you finish reading it, you understood it, right? Um. Don't I, say no because we're supposed to sell the magazine. I did, yeah, no, I did, yeah. It was crystal clear, yeah. crystal clear by the end of it. <laughs> but anyway, it's the complete history of Metal Gear, all of the games, all of them, not skipping, skipping around the PSP ones and all that nonsense. Oh no, my friends, it's all the games. What about the NES ones? They're in there too, yeah, my hey. friend. Yeah, but not, not, but not the non-canon NES ones, which we do acknowledge in there because they're ones which are on the NES, which weren't. What about part the, of the story? What about the Game Boy Color one that I have? Again, not canon, my friend. Is it not? No. Nope. There you go. You learn something every day. And then another feature, um, which uh, Mike, I'll let you tell it because it's a very, it's a really interesting little feature. Yeah, it's a, it's one that when I went back to see uh, Spec Ops for our cover story back in, uh, was that January? God, it's so. back in no, it's back in December. Yeah, yeah. before Christmas. Before yeah. Christmas, and um, I kind of fell in love with Berlin. I really liked the city, and uh, I got the impression that the guys on Jaeger loved the city as well, despite growing up. On the eastern side of the Berlin Wall, you know, they, they they grew up in this place where they had such limited access to technology, and they had such uh, they had such limited access to the things we take for granted. You know, they, they had an eighteen year waiting list to get a car. You know, that's <laughs> amazing. When the Amiga came out, you could trade it for a car, mm. which, which given that waiting list shows how long, you know, how mu- how prestigious it would be to own an Amiga. They had such limited access to this stuff, and. Star Wars, for instance, they only saw the first movie because the other two didn't come out over there. Mm. And they've told these amazing stories from the other side of the Berlin Wall. So we've given them six pages to tell us all their stories. Mm. And it's about the formation of Jaeger, how this team came from East Germany, you know, uh, it's this communist place, and they came, the wall fell, and it's got stories from when the day the wall fell, uh, before the wall fell, and how they came to the West, and how they built up this studio from nothing, and built up... You know, to make one of the biggest unreal powered shooters of next year. Yeah, because I mean, people who've been uh, following us for a while will know that we're we're pretty excited about Spec Ops. And there's a lot of misconceptions with Spec Ops. People look at it and they think, oh, it's just like blood, blood on the sun, fifty cent or something. But no, this is a seriously good game. Yeah. This is going to come out and it's going to surprise people. Yeah. And 
the, the team that made it so much of you know so much of them is in this game and we really wanted to talk to them about it so I spent an hour and a half on the phone to Germany mm. and then another couple of days transcribing bits of fragmentary German and English as, as spoken by four German men with accents which to my ear sound pretty similar their voices basically sounded the same through a bad line yeah man that was not some fun transcription let me tell you but hey it's all kind of in a wash yeah. it's a uh, I think a really interesting feature. And I hope people hope people think it. And also, it does something quite interesting because it exposes who I think four of the biggest hackers and crackers of the, back in the day yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys on the Jaeger team. They talk about their days when they were cracking Commodore sixty four games, putting intros on the beginnings of those games. Uh, it kind of outs those guys as you know for that, and that's that was the start of their coding careers. You know. So three great features, um, backed up by a uh, bit on Bio- Bioshock Infinite. We managed to squeeze in just before deadline. Um, Batman. Batman, uh, which we've got all the details that are out there, plus a few more perhaps. Uh, I'm not sure how much we'd like to talk about Batman, actually. I think we've got to keep a lid on Batman, but yeah. you'll, when you'll, you'll be able to read about it next Tuesday. Um, and yeah just quickly going through it uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed uh, we have got a James Bond Bloodstone preview in there but we're going to come back to that in just a second um, this is the all games podcast not yeah. a lot off topic in this one is it yeah Dirt, Dirt 3 uh, no, all, all games apart from that bit about prostitutes at the start <laughs> yeah that was Dirt a good three. bit that was my favourite bit actually Operation Flashpoint 3 First look at that. This is all new to me, Tim, because I haven't seen this mag yet. And um, and towards the back. Oh, dead! Look at that Dead Rising thing as well. That's dead lovely. Rising. Oh, how can I forget Dead Rising? That you showing zombies getting chopped in two. And uh, reviews. We got Mafia Two, Kane and Lynch, Lara Croft, uh, Lara Croft, uh, Hawks Two, de- the crazy world of Deadly Premonition. Bit of ruse. Bit of ruse, which we like a lot. And uh, of course, uh, Dead Rising K Zero. Uh, so get in there, get involved, because you've also got a great disc. I genuinely, I, I don't always, I don't say this every month. Everybody knows I don't say this every month. I only say it when I really mean it. I think that's one of the best issues we've done in a long, long time. We always bang out the good issues, but that is a particularly good issue. Yeah, and don't forget your free disc, Mike, with um, oh, Melvana, Port Two, Bulletstorm, Castlevania, and F One. Well, I'm excited about that, Tim, but I'm more excited about this and this book, which <laughs> we we really, really are quite proud of. Actually, it's it's every well, not every. It's it's five massive interviews. Five of the best interviews that unabridged. we've ever run unabridged because obviously when we pop, pop them into the mag we've got a finite amount of space so we have to sometimes cut things out or squash things down but these are the the original interviews not cut out not d- done anything with other than just word for word yeah. reproduced yeah. on the page what are the games we got call of duty black ops gears of war 3 alan wake resident evil 5 and uh, lost planet 2 in the same yeah. interview and, and I think, fable 3 i think it all stemmed from um I did the interview with Remedy for Alan Wake, the making of that we ran in our last issue. And basically... Uh, they wrote, they wrote us a back, book, didn't they? It was nearly 15,000 words. 1,500, mm. no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Words. It was like pretty much 15,000 words. And obviously we can't fit that in the Mac at all. But now you'll be able to read it all. And so that's the sell over. Yeah. That's Let's the hard just sell. go quickly back to uh, James Bond Bloodstone. Yeah. Joss Stone. Uh, Joss Stone Bloodstone. J- James Bond Joss Stone. Because <laughs> we, we, in the issue you'll read next week, we've, we've got a preview of it based on a trip up to a very controlled trip up to, um, was it up to Bizarre or was it up to Activision's office? I'm not sure. But anyway, the guy who we, we sent, uh, went to see it. It was a very controlled, um, a video, a presentation, um, 
But Mike, you've got um, and and he was sort oh, of fe- he was don't, sort of, don't put it on me. No, no, no. What I'm saying because you're, you're making me the hatchet no, man I'm today. Not, no, no. He was he was fairly positive about it, but he did. You know, the guy who saw it for us, John, did say, "Look, it's only a video presentation. It's difficult to tell whether this is going to be amazing or not." And Mike, you've you see, did you see it? In yeah, we code? saw the old hands-on presentation. I I wouldn't bank on that. No, no. Here's the thing with James Bond is I always was slightly worried about it. Yeah. Well, here's uh, here's what I would say. I think the um, the team at Bizarre have actually got the right idea. I think they're doing what they're doing is actually quite nice. But it needs another year. Right. And it's not got another year. It's coming out this year. Yeah. That's the problem. It's like it doesn't have the polish of a AAA game. No. It looks like it. it, it the sort of you know, it's it's one of those really hard things to put your finger on. Um, I'm trying to think of a game which I could put as an example, but I really can't think of one off the top of my head. But you know how like a big game these days is just an extraordinary amount of polish, mm-hmm. and it, that almost marks out as a good game, a big game, not a good game, but as a big game, yeah. the level of polish. And when you actually get your hands on it, maybe it's not quite so good, and you mark it out accordingly. But one thing that even bad games have now is that extraordinarily, extraordinary rather level of polish. This game doesn't have that straight away. It, you know, that becomes clear. Bond. It doesn't look good, and the world he's in doesn't look good. It looks very flat and plain. It looks like a world that doesn't have has no investment in detail. The amazing thing about Spec Ops is how detailed the world is. Like you see, or Bioshock, even look at like Bio, or DSX. Look at these games and look how much detail there is in the world. If you look at the bookshelves, you'll see loads of individual books. Mm. In Bioshock or in or a Deus Ex. In Bioshock, if you look in any corner of any room, you'll see little things lying around. It'd be posters, as posters, well, and, and paintings and smashed leftovers things. from lives years ago. Yeah, yeah, all these things tell a little story and make the world feel feel really credible. Whereas you get into the James Bond world, and it all feels very plain, very clean. And it feels like it exists in a computer rather than mm. existing in the real world. It feels like a little computer space, just because of how everything looks. So straight away, it doesn't look the part. It, it, it look. I mean, the the action actually seems quite okay. The action seems fine, but again, it's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't leap out at you. You don't go, oh man, that's some Gears of War quality shooting. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, Gears of War, when you look at it, is a very gimmick-free game. There's no gimmicks in that game. There's no, like, you know, I saw uh, Inversion over in uh, Germany, and that's like yes, yes, Gears of War with gravity flipping and stuff. And those are the same guys who made Time Shift. Well. Sure, you know, Time Shift is a uh, you know is okay, and Inversion lo- even looks okay. Uh, Fracture, another game with a gimmick, looks okay. But what are the biggest games on Xbox? Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War. They don't have any gimmicks. Mm. None of them. They're just straight shooters. They're just really, really good at what they do. And the devil's in the details. They got really invested in the details. So what you got with James Bond is this half stealth, half action game. I mean, you can play a game mission stealthily. You can play it in an action-packed fashion, but there's no detail to it there's no it doesn't feel like he's had that investment of love and time mm. and I'm not saying the love's not there because the guys are genuinely seem passionate about it and they're really excited to be working on a James Bond game but it feels to me like if they had a year or more on it you know another year they could do a really nice job on that but it's coming out it's Christmas because you know bills got to be paid mm. I, I mean they were developing that alongside Blur it, they must have they must have been busy as hell mm. so I feel for the team but you've got driving sequences which to me feel just like stuntman and are just as clumsy. Action sequences which are, are half kind of 
they, they run a, slow, a little bit like Splinter Cell Conviction. You actually have like an instant, you have like, you have like a mark and execute kind of thing. So it's not mark and execute. It's, it's an instant kill shot wherever you hit them on their body. Basically makes your reticule big for a second and you can just go bang and just cap them. Um, but they show us like this fight in a, in a building, on a building site. And he's basically just running up to guys, mugging them, punch, 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 kick, throw them on the floor, run onto the next guy, punch, 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 kick them on the floor, shoot that guy, shoot that guy. And all of it just felt so vapid and just so soft. It just, it, it had no, there was no, it didn't have that kind of visceral feel that you expect from a, you know, a modern shooter and everything. And again, I don't think that's Bizarre's fault. I think that's a matter of time. Also, all of the dialogue reading is very stilted. Right. It's, it's not a good performance from anyone. No. I, I don't think these guys do their best work in a recording studio, like basically. No. I don't want to, I don't want to say any more bad about it because I haven't played it yet uh, we have we did play the uh, driving section uh but we didn't play the actual no. on foot combat so i don't want to i don't want to write it off hey it might be amazing but you know what i don't think i don't i don't I think, think if, if if they stuck it on the show you know, stuck it and worked with it for another year i think it'd be really good because bizarre i've got the right idea it's just they haven't got enough time i don't think mm. so match we get some uh, questions oh, on the go yeah sorry i completely forgot about that i've got some questions so master uh, rooting through his bag what do you think of my new beard? Didn't notice. Pretty, it's pretty good around here, around your mouth. Yeah. It's still needs Wispy on the sides, isn't it? It's no good. Blonde guys shouldn't grow beards. And I've been saying it for ages, but I figured, well, you know what? I'd commit to it. I'm not I'm not. You can probably get, well, you probably get away with it there now. Yeah. It looks pretty convincing there. Yeah. But up here, you need a bit of the old. Yeah. You need, need a bit of the old... Uh, George Michael stubble there, right? <laughs> yeah, so, right, yeah. So do you guys not like my DJ Hero no, cap? No, I don't. I don't really I like got it. this. I went to play DJ Hero 2 yesterday, and they gave us a cap when we left. Really, really good game. Again, I'm not sure. No, I think... Well, I'm, it was I'm a rubbish game, it. but then they gave him the cap. Yeah, it was rubbish, and then they got the cap and all changed. Um, anyone who's been reading the mag for a long time would have seen the DJ Hero review last year. I think the only real complaint was the price point, which was about 110 quid, which we thought was a little bit too much to ask for for admittedly a great great rhythm action game um dj hero 2 is even better than the first one um but you can buy the turntable this weekend in fact from tesco for 35 quid and a copy of the first game and then be ready for dj hero 2 when it comes out Um, that's amazing when it comes out uh october Yeah, yeah next month so so literally go out get dj hero this weekend if you haven't already got it because again when it goes out on sale, I've seen the pre-order prices. It's 110 quid again for a turntable in the game. Just buy it for 35 quid now and buy the sequel when it comes out. Okay, there you go. Um, questions. Andy Monahan wants to know, um, have Irrational now dumped Bioshock 2 with regard... I mean, Irrational weren't actually working on Bioshock 2, but I think have 2K dumped Bioshock 2 in terms of DLC now by announcing Bioshock Infinite. Uh, he's fairly certain we were promised lots more than what well, the last piece of DLC has actually been announced, and they've pretty much said this: this is the last piece. Yeah. It's actually quite an exciting piece. It's, it's, a, it's single a full player. single player yeah. section. So, but you think of any one level from uh, Bioshock Two, and it's, you're going to get another one. Yeah, I think that would be a good good way to round it off. I mean, yeah, I think I don't, I don't know. They they might have been they hinting they at more DLC. They can't be expected to keep feeding multiplayer no. content for a game which has no multiplayer base. No. And it, I mean, Bioshock has some dedicated fans, but not enough to no. finance. But it. I think a good chunk of proper single player and not just protect 
challenge rooms. Yeah, more um, single player content, man. Be, we need more single player content. And it's so easy to shoehorn into Rapture. Yeah, it's so a world of Rapture, yeah. It's just open for possibility Good stuff. Deet wants to know, well, he wants to know if we've got any funny stories. We try and talk about them anyway with the, the Amsterdam trip and, and everything. But he also wants to know if there are any updates on Mr. Loggerman. Oh, he did. So he did a number yesterday. Was it on Monday? The number I, was two. <laughs> yeah. Was it Monday when I came back in, and uh, I said, "Man, it looks like someone has filled like a, a, a toothpaste tube or something with unmentionable material and just held it over the bowl and squeezed oh, it." Yeah. <laughs> and what, the, nice. the amazing thing is, he, he didn't pull a flush. No, never does. He doesn't believe in it, Mike. It's he it, it, it is like he is like a a shatting naturist. But he, he, just, he just believes in letting it be. You know, yeah, letting it just putting it out there and sits down. I, I still think lays one. Oh, that, that's all right. I'll dry that. Sun that will. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'll just let it dry in my pants. Yeah. No, I still think my theory of he waits till it's clear, the room's clear, and then he sneaks into the other cubicle and cleans up, uh, <laughs> and, and then goes. The room's never clear though. It's like it's always. I mean, mm. it's it's a, a men's toilet. On a floor where there's probably four women, mm. it's like I mean, it's a game. It's, it's full of games writers on our floor. So women, not in abundance. No, and their toilet, I think, is like it's got flowers in, and there's a guy giving out mints. Yeah, but in the in the gents' toilet, which is anything but gentlemanly, you go in there and there's always like one guy in the urine or two guys in the cubicles. It's always like busy in there. Let, let me tell you something else I don't like about. Our so how does he get away with it? Is what I'm saying. I mean, it's two door thing. So you go in. There's a like mini hallway, which really should be like fitted with hazmat gear for you to pick up and put mm, on like right. there should be pegs with uh, with masks on there no I mean he still he still remains at large uh, and boy I, does I he do a large I just don't know how he can uh, surely someone has seen someone leave a toilet walks in there themselves and just found it completely filled with paper and shit yeah. and said there's no way he could have done anything in this toilet Therefore, if you, unless he was the one who did that. Yeah. Therefore, I have discovered Mr. Loggerman. Mr. Loggerman. What I also, just quickly, what else I don't like about our toilets, which they've just recently changed, is in our toilets they've got two basins to wash your hands in, mm. and what they used to have on, on both basins they used to have a post soap soap, soap dispenser, <laughs> yeah. but now they've put them on the wall on the left hand side next to one of the basins, so it means you have to lean around a man's buttocks <laughs> in order to get soap out the dispenser oh, if yeah. someone else is at a. And to to me, that's that's asking too much. Being close to that close to another man in a gentleman's toilet isn't something I'm no. down with, really. No. So uh, so no. <laughs> it's not pleasant here. Flying Penguin eighteen uh, says he's just started playing Battlefield Bad Company two, and he's fallen in love with it. Uh, do we think the more teamwork oriented style of gameplay, um, or a kind of solo Rambo style game like Call of Duty is gonna dominate? Multiplayer. I, I think the future is in team play. In like, just like Battlefield, in and games, Medal of in games which force you to work as a team, and they, they force you by making it just worth your time. They force you by rewarding you for it. You know, that's. I mean, it's still future. tapping into kind of selfish actions. Yeah, but and Brink does that, of course. It does. It, but make, it, it makes cooperative play selfish. Your selfish actions benefit others. Yeah. Whereas in Call of Duty, they just benefit yourself. Yeah, I think it, it makes for a more satisfying play. It makes for a better game for everybody. And it also leads us that one step closer to the day when it was like everybody online isn't a complete douchebag. Mm. No, I'm interested to see. I think Black Ops is going to be more of the same, basically. But I, I think they might have reined back some of the perks and, and everything. That Hopefully. There was, I mean, there was such a huge Excuse backlash me. after Modern Warfare 2. I think they have to take notice and kind of 
it's a backlash, but people still played it though, so I don't know. But I, I just wonder in terms of the future of Call of Duty, if they'll always stick with that, or if they'll go yeah. for more team, you know, team-based missions. Um, finally, Aaron Edwards wants to know if there's any info on a new Tomb Raider game not called Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. Well, there is. There yeah. is, but it's not, none, none, of it, none of it's official. We know it's in development. We know it's coming uh, probably Christmas next year. Yeah. It'd be Square's big Christmas game. Um, and we know that it's based on stuff that was leaked out of uh, Crystal Dynamics last year. Presuming it's still the same thing as what yeah. it was. It's more kind of like a Lara origin story. Yeah. Going back to when she was younger. She's on this Japanese island where it's essentially an open world game, but we're presuming not open world like GTA, we mean open world like Batman, yeah. where you're going to be platforming, solving puzzles in this kind of metroid sort of environment, uh, fighting these freakish Japanese monsters, very kind of the ring kind of ghostly white apparitions and stuff. And, and uh, again, that's pretty much all we know. We know mm. it's, it's fully in development. They've recruited, they've staffed up for it. It's, it's, it's coming, man. It's coming. Tim, and it, but it'll be a very different Lara Croft. It won't be a, a follow-up to Underworld. Tim's got a... I think you've got a few more questions yeah, from so Facebook. Yeah, so I put the shout-out to people on Facebook today about questions, and there's been some actually really good ones here. Uh, we can't do them all, unfortunately, because we haven't got time, but uh, Tony Mendoza asks, here's a question. Do you all get on in real life, or do you hate each other? Are there factions in the Xbox World <laughs> Office which is the most powerful and has there ever been any office romance <laughs> well we're in an office of six guys so yeah it's a no not well I mean front. it could have been it's not strictly us... true my girlfriend is a girl who came in and did work experience uh, of course oh, yeah, yeah. My, my friend yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Um, when we did work experience with one of Matt's friends and then I, um, I, I did <laughs> bad, and uh, did, did bad things to her um so well, yeah. So semi-office romance, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, so sort of, but not among any of uh, not there, among there have guys. been known to be romances elsewhere on the floor between different. Yeah, mags. it's it's quite a but it can be quite an incestuous um, industry, the mm. games industry. Um, but do we all hate each other? I don't think we do. Do we? Only lunchtime FIFA, eh, Tim. <laughs> not unless we all go home and slag each other off behind our backs. But I think generally we get on pretty well. We yeah. we have quite a nice office environment. We all have a bit of a grin. And... The football lovers among us tend to <clears throat> text each other most yeah, weekends right, when footy's weekend. going on. Yeah, Tim and I and Hoodie. I'm and... not involved in that nonsense. No, but um... I'm too busy living my life. But uh, we won't big, get on my the... big life. Real big life. Yeah. Your gangster life. Yeah, my gangster life. So yeah, we all get on with each other, I think. Um, but so there's, uh, no, there's not an exciting answer to that, really. No, yeah. I mean we don't we don't go out like a lot. Do we, we do go out with occasional once office, or twice, yeah, but because, because twice, yeah. we all live in such strange places. Matt's yeah. in Trowbridge, I'm in Bristol. Tim's in the middle of nowhere in Bath. Yeah, Udi's in Bath. Yeah. Strikes in Bath. But guess what? Udi's got kids. Tim's got kids. Yeah. Matt's just got married and basically he's like, you know, operating on a shoestring. It's like yeah. none, none of none of us have got. Nah, you know, strikes the clubber. I don't think any. Yeah, Strike and ex uh, ex uh, uh, Taylor are the uh, yeah. they yeah, go out. They go so out we're pretty. I mean, we're just we are a very different bunch. I think that's probably for the best. If you is is you know you don't want to all be into exactly the same stuff and all the time. Although no. most of the team sports Liverpool, which is not me. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Daniel Daniel Marigliano. I hope I pronounced that right. Says, what are Tim and Mike's favorite iPhone apps? Um, oh, this, this is also back. To I put by... this question to Peter Molyneux. So in Germany, I sat down and I said, uh, I said, so Peter, you know, it's your iPhone, man. He was like, yeah, I love my iPhone. So what's your favourite app? He was like, well, I remember I'm playing a game called Slay. And Slay is an old PC game and it's actually a very good game. You should give it a go. I actually already had it on my phone when he said it. And we were like, yeah, we both got it. And we had me and, uh, me and Peter had a little moment. 
Um, but yeah, he's playing Slate. And also he's got an app for his iPhone, uh, his iPad, which he loves. He's an iPad guy. Mm-hmm. And he adores his iPad. Microsoft guy who adores his iPad. And I should say that in this industry, everyone has an iPhone. Apart from me. And but I'll get one in November. Forget, <laughs> what I'm saying, in the games industry, of course, yeah, everyone yeah. has an iPhone. And that sounds like an exaggeration. Oh, everyone's got an iPhone. If you go to any studio, all you will see on every single desk is an iPhone. And iPads now as well. When I went to Freestyle yesterday, there were iPads lying around to the point where it's like, is mine in my bag? Is it one of those? Yeah. And people were turning them on. I might have see. told this story before, but Pat Redding, who works on Splinter Cell, oh, said, know where yeah, he, put- he said he put his iPhone down once in the office. And after that, he was like, I could never find it again. So he had to get people to ring his phone so he could like try and find his phone, which mm. one it was of all of the ones that were lying around. So favourite apps, Mike? Favourite app. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh yeah, the, um, the iPad app that um, oh, Pete's into is this voice recording thing where you can actually doodle as you're going oh, and right. you can play the audio back and the doodles will appear as you were drawing them. Oh. And the typing will appear as you were... That's uh, very clever. The typing will appear as you were typing it so you can bring up a keyboard, type. Can you just get like regular voice recording apps for my... Yeah, yeah, you can. There's, I, I use a I, one for I the need, iPhone. I need to get but that. But I actually saw someone using the app that Pete was on mm-hmm. about at the show and he was as the guy was talking he was recording it and he was just typing what he was talking so at any point he could just like when he was transcribing Perfect. later he could go back to it annotated annotated the, audio yeah. so this is um, uh, for you guys at home super boring for us a literally a lifesaver um, well not literally um, favourite apps what are your favourite apps Tim? Um, I've got a couple uh, I love a, I love a, it's an app called Bloom which is um, which is made by uh, Brian Eno. The uh, I don't know whether you guys have heard of Brian Eno. Of course, yeah, classic uh, music producer, brilliant ambient musician, and it's cre- you can create your own ambient songs on it. So I'll just give you a taster here. It's really clever. So, oh god, it's live demo. It basically like it's basically like a keyboard, but you yeah. can create your own kind of. Obviously, I'm giving you a little kind of thing at the moment, yeah. but it's absolutely brilliant and really, really hypnotic. We should do that to uh, to update the intro to the show because the ding and the ding and the ding and yeah. thing it needs to go. The other one I like is I was talking to Mike about it the other week is a is an app called Comics. Oh, I've got that on the iPad. Which is great. It's beautiful. Yeah, on which there. is really good. But there are apps which do similar thing with with comics which aren't necessarily illegal in the public domain. Well, which we wouldn't endorse, no, of course. No, we wouldn't but endorse there are. That. What I was saying is there are more flexible apps yeah. out there. Um, so I love that, and uh, and yeah, I like I, I like an old favourite, Paper Toss. Yeah, I downloaded, and of course, Paper iGun. Toss, but... iGun, yeah. But uh, actually, his question was which apps you like apart from iGun. Oh, yeah, yeah. disappointing. Well, yeah. What do you play uh, Paper Toss on Easy or I Medium? Play, or hard? I've I've done. I got quite. I think I got thirty eight or something on Easy, and yeah, so I, I went on, so I went on to Medium, and now I'm on Hard. So Fair I've enough. got a couple as well. I really like Dropbox. I'm a huge fan of Dropbox. Dropbox is how I move every file in my life Tell these me days. About it. Dropbox is an online storage thing where you can just install Dropbox on any program you have, oh, on any machine yeah. you have, and it'll just sync your documents wherever you are. So when I'm at home, I will have all of my writing in that folder. I'll be writing away, save it for the night, and it will just save. And it will save it straight to my Dropbox. When I turn and come into work the next day, the Dropbox that's running on my work computer will automatically sync the version I was doing at home with that. Oh, so I'll have clever, that complete clever. version. What's more, with the iPhone app, you can put music into your store, your Dropbox, and just play it, stream it straight over Wi-Fi or 3G, which is amazing. Uh, I love Dropbox. It's, it's just really useful. It's changed my life. I also use Quick Voice for recording. I don't use the built-in voice recorder. I don't think it's very good. I use Quick Voice for recording all uh, interviews and so on, but that's boring. My favourite app, I think, one I couldn't actually couldn't do without, is a program called Reader. R W E D E R. It's the best RSS reader 
on uh, on iPhone, I think. I just use it for all my news. Um, I'm a big RSS guy. I get all my news through RSS feeds. Uh, loads of all the blogs I've subscribed to, all the news sites I've subscribed to. I get them all there, one click of a button. Uh, yeah, um, I've been playing a game, a fun game. If you're after a game, I've been playing Stardunk, which is like a basketball game. All you do is take shots, and you just got to gauge the arc right every time. That's all it is. But the cool thing is, you can just flick a switch, and it sets you online against everyone in the world who's online at that time. Usually, it's like maybe ten people maximum. But um, like, if you well, every two minutes, it begins a new game. So you just turn it on. You'll be playing alone for you'll be play, playing alone for maybe a minute and thirty seconds, and then it'll stick you into the next available game with everybody else in the world, and you'll just compete for points, just shooting over and over again. At the end of two minutes, it score, totes all your scores up. Says who's the best. On to the next round. Just fun. It's like you know, I don't want I don't, when you ever control a game, a, a games machine, which hey, the iPhone is, and it doesn't have any buttons. Mm. I don't want serious games. I just want Did not, you pick nonsense up like that. Civ Rev when that was going free. Yeah, I already had it. I, yeah. I bought it ages ago, and that's that's really great. But even that, it, to me, is almost a bit too much yeah. for the iPhone. It's too much of an investment. I, games need buttons, man. Nothing has convinced me more of that than the iPhone and Connect. Games need buttons. Mm. I've been playing Nova and it's it's all right, but I I don't know again the button thing is is an issue. Although Nova does a really nice thing with the left thumb, it's an analog stick. No, is it Nova? I'm not sure if it is now. I might be thinking of Chaos Rings. One of them I've been playing recently, and the analog stick basically the the central point is wherever you put your thumb on it. So it's not like a fixed point on the screen that you then move around. It's like whenever you release and put your thumb down, every time you put your thumb back on the screen, that's where the button then is for you to move around. It's just mm. a nice solution. I had a freaking chaos ring last week. Man, <laughs> live I had some dodgy meat. You should have uh, been in Germany eating the, the food I was eating, man. Yeah. There, uh, there was it was chaos ring city. Yeah. 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 Very quickly, I know I'm not part of the funky iPhone crowd, but I do have an iPad. And uh, I think the Guardian Eyewitness app is absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's just a photo every oh, day. Oh, that is good, yeah. Um, I think there's a Boston app, which I told you to get as well. Boston, but I think you have Boston, to pay for that. Yeah, I think you do. The Boston Big Picture app. The if, if you, don't, you don't even need it, really, because you can just subscribe to their thing through your, RSS, through your RSS reader. But every day they'll take you know mm-hmm. a big story of the day and just take all the photos from it and you get some spectacular... You yeah. see some spectacular things on there. It's some great things. It's just like the... Because I subscribe to National Geographic as well and like at the start of each mag they've got three giant pictures. And sometimes there's actually been a bit of crossover between Guardian Eyewitness and the National Geographic ones. But it's just really impressive. Every day you just see what, what what's new in the world in the morning. Uh, and pages as well, which I used to do all my, all my writing on the move, which is, yeah, essential for me. Really. Okay, last question. Jim Key says, whatever happened to Max Payne 3? Haven't heard from it for ages. This is what Rockstar are doing, isn't it? It's on its they, way. They, study, they announce the game, then they hide it away. One, yeah. one of the guys uh, who was making True Crime... Um, when I went over, used to work on Max Payne 3, he said, yeah, it was coming along. just takes a while. Mm. I mean, bear in mind, it's being made by people who didn't make the first two. Yeah. It's a different studio. They've got to... Probably come out around yeah. about the same time as L.A. Noir. <laughs> you mean October? Yeah, October, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, he also asks, favourite film of all time? Good, the bad and the ugly. You're going to frown at me. When I say this, oh god, or one of the two, High Fidelity, of all time, yeah, all time. High Fidelity is a great movie. I mean, it really it's is. just it's it, a, it's it just resonated, especially at the time when I saw it. Just really, it's a thoroughly entertaining movie, there. and I get that. Also, there is, I, I would agree. You know what? As a as a new man, which I'm not, it's um, it's uh, it is it's a lot of truth in the film. 
uh, by the way i'm not saying it's the best there's a huge difference between favorite and best i'm not saying yeah, it's, it's anywhere near the best but in terms personally that's my favorite sideways is up there as well sideways is good uh, yeah. and then you've got stuff like 12 angry men which i think i lent to you which uh did i ever give it back yeah unlike good. me not giving you back invasion usa i promise i will um and uh, yeah, lots of others like Rear Window and whatnot. But yeah, that's a good fidelity. point actually. The difference between favourite and best. I think like favourites would be like all the like the Diehards and the Predators. I mean, if you're talking like most rewatchable movies, oh yeah, yeah Diehards and the Predators yeah. for sure. But I mean, one of my favourite, one of the best, I guess, is I love The Shining. I think it's mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant, and pisses all over the book. Yeah. So yeah, Kubrick's got a history for that because the uh, movie of 2001 is better than the book as well. Mm. So there we go. Uh, that's that's a podcast. Pretty long one this today, but uh, we hope you feel like you got value for money. Um, I know we haven't done it for a few weeks. We wanted yeah, to kind so, of uh, talk so a bit more. We're probably going to skip the next one. Sorry. We're prob- but not only half. Only half right. skip. So basically the next one will fall right on our deadline week. So what we're going to do is we're going to move it one week back. And then we're going to get on the same sh- the good schedule again. So it's going to be on our off weeks mm-hmm. rather than our deadline weeks. So we're doing week one of a production schedule, week three of a production schedule, instead of what we're doing now, which is week two and week four. Yeah. It's a right pain mm-hmm. in the dick. So which is why we've done an extra long one for you this this week. So that you, like a li- like Mr. Loggerman, an extra long one yeah. uh, that we hope you, you've really enjoyed. Um, and I hope like uh, Mr. Loggerman, you enjoyed it with a you know, coffee at a Daily Mirror and a packet of fags. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, do send in your questions. You know you can get us at Facebook, Twitter... Uh, you can get us on uh, on email or you can get us on our forum. Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. See you.